0: Welcome to the Optional Boss Podcast. I'm Josh. The other guy is Tyler, and this is episode 33, the Optional Boss Variety Hour. Tyler, this how are is, you doing?
1: This is uh, <laughs> this is just basically the uh, the talk about games show because that's you know what it's sometimes we we talk about games all the time here, and we'll never get to talk about them all. So let's just talk oh, about hell no. more. That's that's the approach we're going on today. I'm I'm pretty swell, I would say, uh been trying to keep busy with the games that I play, which are very few cuz I don't have much time, but uh yeah, I'd say I'm pretty swell. How how about yourself?
0: I'm excited for this Rambly episode. This this is going to be fun. And uh I've I've been doing good. I've been I haven't Dove into a whole lot of new, well, I mean, I guess I have do- dove into some new stuff to me, but, uh, and one thing I wasn't actually going to bring up, but I, I'm just going to say fucking now, uh, I am playing Power World, Yeah, and I'm also playing Silent Hill 4, because I Ooh. haven't before. I know the story behind it, but, uh, I haven't actually played it. Story's quite good. Gameplay, uh, not quite enjoying.
1: It's, uh, it's, it's the start of the downhill with the series, is it not?
0: Yes, you could almost say it's the start of the downpour.
1: No, it's Any not. Any Silent downpour. Hill fans... Oh, wait. No, Downpour did Silent
0: Hill? <laughs> downpour was one of the Western Silent Hill games. Oof. So that was just a little play on words that if uh, you are a Silent Hill fan, you, you'd probably enjoy.
1: I my, See, my history with the Silent Hill franchise is, it's one that I think is very neat from afar, but it's not one that I have been in any way inclined to jump into. And my my most interacting with the series is probably the movie from oh geez. I don't know. I was like fifteen when it came out, something like that. And I didn't get it. <laughs> so
0: No, and okay, so not to turn this beginning of the uh the episode into a bit of Silent Hill, because there's the remake around the corner too. Well, Figuratively around the corner. Um, which I'm gonna rant about (laughs) as well. Did
1: you mean like two is in the number or T-O-O?
0: Uh Silent Hill 2 remake. Oh, that too. Yes, which has was one of my anticipated, but not the anticipated, because we didn't actually have a release date. Um, the Silent Hill movie was fine, the first one, anyways. The second one apparently is hot garbage, and uh they want me to pay for it, so I'm not paying for it watch it uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah. as for the movie it, it did a lot of like oh it took the story and just kind of did away with a lot of things that it made special i can appreciate it as a standalone but as the sound hill uh media not so much it doesn't so, do a
1: good job of like representing the series
0: right yeah yeah and uh obviously there's the uh the elephant in the room for anyone who is into Silent Hill, uh, Pyramid Head shouldn't be in the movie. But he's the a-
1: franchise mascot. He's like their Pikachu.
0: Just When, when the series uh, Monster's designer who made Pyramid Head regrets making Pyramid Head because of what they have done with him, that says so much.
1: It is unfortunate. He's he's kind of been like Jason Voorhees when the series was never about Pyramid Head. He just happened to be a very iconic monster design.
0: And he's he's only relative to James Sunderland in the second game. But that's no for uh, no other who reason. Play the remake. Yeah. Maybe. So the the, <laughs> the remake. I mean it's, it's gotten shat on ever since they first announced it, right? Because Bluebird's on it, and I I haven't played any Bluebird games. I. Can't judge them uh, from what I've seen like their games do. Okay This is gonna be the first one with uh with combat so When they first announced it during the the transmission like in 2002, I think uh, Everyone's like, oh, it's Bloober. They're gonna destroy it and then like immediately after they're like Oh, here's these leaks of like these funky dodges and the combat looks terrible and whatnot because the original one trailer didn't have any kind of combat so the state of play just happened and they had a Silent Hill combat reveal trailer. And I imagine that they did this because everyone was complaining that the combat was going to be garbage. Uh, apparently this footage was actually from a year ago, but they're just releasing it now. So it has changed quite a bit because there's been some leaks about what it actually looks like. Who knows what's actually going on with this game? Very uh, very Silent Hillish ish in its release so far. A little silent um, on that hill. Yes, uh, but everyone's like, well, why are you releasing combat reveal trailer? And it's like, because there was a loud majority of people complaining that there was uh, the combat was going to be this dodgy homecoming uh, style combat and people didn't want that. And it's like, well, this is what combat's going to look like. Now, admittedly, one thing, uh, a few things that I do not like about what they did show. It sounds like you're shooting a pea shooter, not yeah. a gun. And the impacts are not uh, thumpy enough. If you will, it, it sounds like you're, you're beating the sack of potatoes with a ruler, Okay. a monster. But
1: how about this is a twist, which I know this is what they're going for, but isn't the whole experience of Silent Hill to feel very vulnerable and weak? And would that not add to it than your big, powerful kapow hand cannon?
0: It would. It would. Um, absolutely. But when the gun doesn't sound like a gun and it sounds like a water pistol then it's not a gun. Like, you All will right. get a shotgun, and if the shotgun sounds like, meow, then, yeah, that's not gonna, that's not gonna yeah. be good. <laughs> like, the, the pistol, it's, it's, I'm assuming you haven't seen the, the combat reveal trailer.
1: I have not.
0: Okay, I highly advise you to go watch it after, even if you aren't a fan, and you'll see what I mean by, like, it does not sound impactful. It sounds weak as hell. And, yes, you are supposed to be weak as hell, but... From a sound design standpoint, it's weak as hell.
1: I am I am intrigued by this disappointing gun sound. I will I will have to check this out.
0: And and the, the baseball bat it sounds like a ruler against a bag of potatoes. But uh that's just one of those things that I'm I'm excited for. I, I'm really excited for. Uh am more uh not as much as uh, Final Fantasy around the corner. Uh Ooh. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Yeah. Oh, that's looking pretty. Did you, did you watch any of
1: the, uh, the stuff they I revealed didn't. for that recently? Oh, I I did. I also and the whole highly reason, recommend that.
0: Because, well, here's the thing. I want to avoid it because I know it's around the corner. I know it's going to be entertaining. And I'm going to be playing it pretty much day one. Silent Hill 2, I have no idea when that's coming out. Now, I do but, know
1: they, uh, they just dropped a demo for Final Fantasy VII uh, Rebirth. Not Remake yes, Part 2, even though I have to fight every instinct to say Remake Part 2. Uh, <laughs> it's, I I might check out the demo, I'm not entirely sure. Because Square's been really good about this whole, like, the demo is actually just the opening of the game and you can carry over your, all your progress. And so yes. I am intrigued and I, I am down to just jump right into it. But because I know Final Fantasy VII is going to take up so whole much of my time... I am still trying to pick off a few things just before that shows up and uh, been playing Wind Waker on the Wii U and I'm getting, nice. I think, close to the end of it. It feels like, you know, I'm in that like last quarter or third of the game. So it's it's been nice. I haven't played a like traditional 3D Zelda in quite some time. Now I have... I've a bit of a storied history with Wind Waker in the sense that like I have started it. Oof, I don't know how many times. It's not unlike Secret of Mana where I would get so far and just not any further, but the difference is I didn't think I hated Wind Waker like I did Secret of Mana. So, it's right. just you know, I start it, I get into it, but I don't get so into it that I actually pull through with it. So like I've done the intro to this game oof countless times. And this is now it'll be nice to finally like say that I've gone through it and it's also the Wii U version. It's a shame that it's so incredibly polished and, like, the best way to play it because it's kind of hard to recommend to people when the Wii U's aren't exactly the easiest things to get your hands on anymore.
0: And well, especially when the the Wii U's start dying there.
1: That doesn't help either, so... No. But it's been nice, you know, it's not a difficult game by any means. Like, the bosses are kind of disappointing with how easy they've been. But I get it. Like, you know, it's never really been a series for its super challenge. And even though they're not difficult, it's still fun. The puzzles have been enjoyable. Like, it's a pretty solid time for anyone who's never actually given it a go. And yeah, just, just, and it's so pretty. Oh my goodness.
0: Speaking of starting it a few times, I've, I think I've started it three times, and I just get past the prison, and it's like, well, I'm done with that. And yeah. Truth be told, Ocarina of Time's very much like that now. It's I can't even get to Adult Link. I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm I'm kind of tired of this. And See, I, I don't, don't know what it to... is. Like, 3D Zelda just doesn't... Zelda in general, I love the series, but I just kind of don't care anymore. I'll admit, the 3D Zeldas
1: aren't exactly my favorite, but I do enjoy them enough to play through it. It's not quite it's not exactly like a Mario level thing where I never think about how much I like it until I play it. I kind of play them because they are good and worth my time. And now I can very much agree with Ocarina of Time though. That is a game that at this point, like, but I've also (laughs) beaten it countless times. So it's, it's pretty easy for me to get tired in that one. And it that's, that's fair. They're good, but they're, how would I put it? Not,
0: Overplayed?
1: I wouldn't even say overplayed. I think it's just the fact that there's not a lot of depth to them, right? Like, yeah, there's a lot you can do and a lot of secrets to discover, but your combat loop, for the most part, stays the same, except for, like, you know, even unique boss fights with the puzzles and stuff. Like, Zelda is great, but it is also something that it's... I can't say aged poorly. It's just you got to really want to get... yeah. So, but I have been, and it's been nice. But on the side, I've been uh, playing something a little bit smaller. I've been playing what I got a while ago, uh, the Getsu Fumiden Undying Moon for Switch, which I really... Yeah, so, that. Yeah. So Getsu Fumiden <laughs> is like a really old Konami game. Like, it's been kind of... Ah, it's not quite the same situation, but it's almost like a Kid Icarus to Metroid situation, but for Castlevania. Like, it's one of their old legacy franchises, right? Okay. And so this one actually came with the original, and it plays a lot like Zelda 2. It's kind of interesting.
0: Okay, that's, that's neat.
1: Got, got some real old school jank to it, but it, it's a nifty enough game. And as for the uh, Undying Moon, the one... I really only had interesting because it was just like Konami made a new game with one of their old franchises. Like
0: just That's unheard of.
1: Just just kinda dumped it out there for a world. And it reminds me of the like Ghouls and Ghosts. Uh the new one that we got like a couple years ago that still hasn't gotten a okay. no physical. It's it feels yeah, it feels like a situation like that. But uh this game is just dead cells, but not as good. Uh <laughs> It's actually really weird that, like, Konami did Dead Cells only for Dead Cells to go turn around and do Konami and do it better. Yeah. It's it's such a weird situation. That said, though, now that, like, I'm kind of getting into the gameplay loop, like, it's still good, but it's... Oh, for sure. There's so much about it that it's like they could have done it a lot better or handled it with a bit more care. Like, I'm not going to say it feels like a mobile game, but it does not feel like the incredible polished experience that it could be. Like, the levels are procedurally generated, and they're kind of like these janky 3D model-ish looking kind of, like, it just doesn't look great. Uh, the art style, though, really cool. It goes for, like, that cool old Japanese watercolor scroll kind of look, Okay, but it's almost to a fault. Because, for example, the first level, it's raining, so you can't really see anything on screen. And uh, I don't know. I play this and I think, you know, this would be great as like a DS game. But as a game that came out past 2020, it oh, it—it aged poorly when it was new. So, but that said. It was made like, for
0: the retro era.
1: It it was, and, you know, I am enjoying it to what it is. It's basically, like, instead of taking the wacky weapon variety of Dead Cells, you have, I think it's five different weapon categories, and your whole progression loop is you acquire materials and stuff, and when you get to the end of a level, you can either go to the next level, or you can end your run and take all your materials back for upgrades so your runs become easier and you get better stuff. Like, that's okay. that's the core gameplay loop, and it is pretty engaging. It's just a shame that the gameplay is, could be, you feel slow and clunky, like for a samurai, you know, you want to feel like really super fast, and it's also, yep. the, the visuals are just so cluttered, and oh, so I'm I'm kind of like bashing my head through the wall on this one, but I, w- I will see it through, I'm just a little... Pissed off because I got to the end and it was just like ah, but you're not actually at the end do it again
0: You can do it better. Yeah, some <laughs> goblins got you
1: not even good It's just you standard roguelike traffic. It's like do it again on hard mode. This say standard. Yeah. That's just super Nintendo games
0: so Kind of not so much but kind of in the same way uh, Silent Hill 4 uh, Or Silent Hill the door um, Or the room sorry uh, <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. You, you go through these various worlds, because um, they call them worlds, like straight up uh, from your apartment. And uh, then afterwards, you have to do, go through them all again, just with things chasing you and doing an escort mission.
1: It's like, oh. Forest world, desert world, ice world, fire world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you got uh, the forest world, Yes, the subway <laughs> world, the apartment world, the that's building not, world, that's not, uh, that's the water right. prison world.
1: Almost. Okay, this is this is getting pretty close to a Mario game.
0: <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Mario yeah. and Silent Hill, same universe. A
1: crossover you never expected.
0: Right? Yeah. Uh, it probably adds an EXE at the end of that.
1: Hey, there's ghosts in
0: Mario. There's ghosts in this and they chase you and they have an aura that just depletes your health just by yeah. being near them. Let alone the fact that they can reach into your heart and, or reach into your chest and pull your heart out.
1: That's uh that's a pretty aggressive ghost.
0: A, a little bit. Yeah. He was a victim and now he's just making more victims. So uh should we get on with the uh, with the actual contents of this show?
1: Yeah, we should stop talking about games so we can start talking about some games. <laughs>
0: We'll be right back after this. All right, so. Today we are doing the Optional Boss Variety Hour. This is essentially where we didn't really have a good topic that we had really enough time that we could uh, kind of research and talk about and make sure that we know what we're talking about even though that we don't. And uh, so we figured that we talk about some games that we we just enjoy, something that we might both uh, both know something about and contribute and uh, we just wanted to talk about games. So it's, it's going to be a rambly episode. Now, I said that we don't, uh, so we could, we could both talk about it and, uh, we both kind of had different ideas on what the variety of hours here is going to be. So I picked, uh, five games that I know Tyler knows about or has, uh, most some he's actually played. And, uh, I believe Tyler has picked five games that I don't even know if I've heard of.
1: That is, well, mm, <laughs> mostly <laughs> at the very least, I, I'm quite certain you have not played any of these and. Uh, Yeah, I just kind of look this as an opportunity to just shine a light on uh, some of those games that wouldn't really make it into like a full topic discussion for the most part. Although, they might find ways into weird like groupings of topics. And yeah, I just want to shine some light and ramble about some games that I just kind of think are neat.
0: Which Which is good. And all honesty, like there's, I know at least one game on my list is something that we'll probably do a full topic on just because of the contents of it. Um, but yeah, Tyler, how about you, uh, get us started off? All
1: right. What do well, you got? You know, like I said, I, I kind of wanted to, like, cast a wide net on some representation. So I've got, like, things for some different, different platforms, different, different genres and such. And, uh, my first pick for today is a game for, at least I have it on the Super Nintendo. I think it was on the Sega as well. And it's called Uniracers. And yeah, <laughs> I, oh, what a charming little game! The best way I can describe the gameplay is that so you're a unicycle just simple as that, and take the gameplay of Sonic with you know the fast speed momentum and the looped loops and all that stuff, and turn it into a 2 d racing game essentially and okay, it is a stupid amount of fun because the whole thing it's it's the joy of Sonic where it's just going fast it's just that, but with a bit of a competitive spin on it, and it's a surprisingly difficult game because really your only your only options and controls is being able to move like left and right, and I think one of the buttons will make you accelerate, brake, and jump. And you have to jump and do tricks, and you have a very small window because you don't get a lot of air, and you got to do three sixties and whatnot, and you, that'll give you a nice little speed boost. And it's
0: one of those games that when you start getting good at it, it feels so good. I mean, that momentum thing is always something. I've, I've, I'm sure I've talked about this, but you give me the the momentum and mobility in something that goes fast, I'm going to enjoy myself with it.
1: And this, I, like, I'm not a huge fan of racing games, but I do like quirky racing games. And this is so quirky that I think... Now, I don't know the accuracy of this, but the unicycle character in this game, I think, got them sued by Pixar? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know exactly what it is, um, but I think it was something along the lines of, like, Pixar had a unicycle character and sent them, I don't know, about a cease and desist. So, apparently, this is a rather rare cartridge, but not, like, rare as in worth money. Just, it's just... They, they got a cease and desist and had to stop making cartridges. So, huh. and do you want to know what the wild thing is? Do you know who they is
0: in this situation? Oh, I used to. Uh, It's not rare, right?
1: It's not rare, no, but it is a company that has a rather prolific standing these days. But at the time, they were a little group known as DMA Designs. Okay. Yeah. So this is, if we're, we're Rockstar before Rockstar. These guys just made yes. this random little unicycle racing game that, like, yeah, if there's any way to try, oh, if this came to, like, the Super Nintendo Online, I would be so happy. I own it, but, you know, it's not something I'm going to actually, like, bust out every now and again and just kind of dust off the cartridge give it a go, but... I do think...
0: It, and It would almost be perfect for a pick-up-and-play category.
1: It is very much a good pick-up-and-play game, but I will also say, like, it's so unbelievably hard. Oh, and something that's really nice, like, so back in the days of Super Nintendo and whatnot, there wasn't much in the ways of customization, but what you do unlock is, like, just different colored unicycles, and it kind of takes you back to a simpler time when unlocks were just... just nice.
0: You didn't pay for them? <laughs> no,
1: not and I think I I I could be wrong, but I think because you, you can put in your name and if you put in the name Sega, it says not cool enough.
0: I think I knew this one. Yeah, I, I know something that there was some kind of game. Was that Uniracers?
1: I believe that's Uniracers. Yes.
0: Okay. Okay. But
1: yeah, that's just that's just a a random quirky little game that I thought I would bring to the table today because it's. It's it's who who talks
0: about unerasers? The optional boss podcast. That's who. That's right. Damn skippy. What do you got? Uh first on my list is Star Tropics. And Ooh. uh this game is just one of those games that I've played ever since the NES was relevant. Uh some would still say it is still relevant, but still. Um yeah, it's it's you're just, it was made for Americans. <laughs> let's, let's just say that. It wasn't even, this game wasn't even released in Japan. I think okay.
1: a good way to describe it like, it, it, like, it's kind of a vague way to put it, but take what, uh, what they thought Americans would want out of a top-down Zelda for the NES.
0: Yes, it's a better Zelda than Zelda.
1: <laughs> In some ways, I'm not going to disagree with you, actually, and I, w- we know my sordid history with uh, Star Tropics. Of like, I can't remember how far I got on my last playthrough. I got further than I ever had before, but I want to say, like, would would Chapter Four sound like a thing? Uh,
0: chapter Four being the whale,
1: yes. So th- I do recall th- the whale.
0: This game I play pretty much every year. Uh, not so much the second one. The second one is quite different. Um, but the, the first one, it is weird. I will fully admit that the, the movement is janky as hell because it's, you hit a direction and then you will face that direction. You won't move that direction until you're facing that direction. So you hit it, hit it and hold it twice and then you start moving. So it's, it's, the moving is very janky, but if you can get past that, it is actually a pretty good game and at times, uh, difficult, especially on the last level, which I'm not going to spoil, but Aliens. And bananas. And bananas. And so, bananas. like, the the whole game is you go to uh, visit your uncle who lives on Sea Island. And your uncle is Dr. Jones, who's an archaeologist. Oh, ha, ha. And, uh, but you get a letter from him um, that he left, and it says that he was abducted. So you By go through aliens. the dungeons and everything. Yep. You go through a bunch of levels, uh, very dungeon, chapter-based. And uh, trying to find your uncle, and you eventually find your uncle, and he gives you the rundown that he was able to escape and everything, and yeah. So, it's it's very puzzly, it's very, it can be cryptic, but not nearly as cryptic as some games. I, I would argue that it's probably less cryptic than Zelda 1, by far. I
1: would, I would as well, because I think one, yes. like, probably the most cryptic it gets is when you're dungeon-crawling and let's say, you know, you kill all the enemies on screen and then you hit the switch and you open the door and it opens, like, two pathways, right? One might loop you back around. One might be the right way to go or a dead end or what have One it. might it's take not... you
0: right out of the level.
1: Um, <laughs> Actually, okay, so this rings a bell. Something that was, like, mildly frustrating and this kind of one of those things that, like, you know, you don't know until you know. Uh, What was it? It's, like, the graveyard. And, like, you go yep. to take exits and there's, like, false exits. Yes. Yeah. So, like minor frustrations like that, I would say is probably the most difficult it gets.
0: Yes. Uh, just kind of understanding. Oh, I won't do that again. So it does have a little bit of trial and error. Unless you're very observant, then you can kind of see where the little shadows are beside the wall. If you're good at picking out patterns, um, which I—that's one skill I will say—I'm pretty good at picking out. It's. It's like uh you see those number things on social medias. Oh, find the find the five instead of the S in this, and you'll that kind of thing. If you're good at those, you'll notice the little shadow and the hiding spots that you can get out of. So it's it's very strange. But uh yeah, good times. It ramps up the difficulty when you enter the last chapter. Holy shit. Because it gets it goes from like a maybe three or four difficulty to about an eight. Yeah,
1: but the music's a jam.
0: The music is pretty damn good. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't, I don't dislike Star Tropics. I just don't like playing it.
0: <laughs> it's, it's the movement. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the grid-based is...
1: kind of stiffness to it. It's. Yep. Uh, but it, and I do like how hilariously American it is.
0: Oh, it's very. Uh, everything's named after soda. Everything's named Americola. after soda, and it's just. It's not America, it's Maricola.
1: It's it's an American fantasy that's just Tropical Islands and aliens and cola. And your main
0: weapon is a yo yo because you're an ace pitcher in your softball team.
1: Yes. Wait, what? So uh what's
0: <laughs> yeah, no that that's actually it. You oh. use a yo yo because you can pitch the yo yo. Oh but they call oh. it a star because of uh trademark issues.
1: That's right. And and the protagonist's name is Mike. Yes. <laughs> Isn't it Mike Jones? Yep.
0: Because your uncle (laughs) is Dr. Jones.
1: Right, right. Oh, Star Tropics.
0: It's a good time. Two, you actually have... You don't have that same movement issue. So it it is good, but it's much more cryptic. Holy shit. Uh, What's your next game?
1: So the next game is... I don't know if we'd ever get it on a Mindy's. It'd be kind of neat. But it's a game that I just also feel needs a little light shed to it, and it is by one of the developers of my favorite indie games of all times, which is Risk of Rain, which I'm not going to talk about, even though it is really good, but they made a little game called Deadbolt, and Deadbolt is just fascinating. It, The best way I can describe its gameplay is almost take like a 2D sort of puzzle-ish approach to a game like Hitman, almost. Okay. So, to set the stage, you are, like, a Grim Reaper-type thing, and this game is so bonkers. You're basically an assassin, and you are taking out gangs of zombies and vampires and skeletons. Like, it's absolutely absurd, but it's the kind of thing where, like, you need to be super stealthy, and you go in... Like, you can see... Your screen is basically... You see the whole layout of the building and all the rooms and stuff. And you kind of have to plan your approach... As to how you can take all these guys out and complete your objective. And... As a Grim Reaper skeleton kind of thing... You have a couple different abilities. Like, you can... Turn into Vapor. And, like, go into the vents. So you can kind of sneak around the house and get undetected and plan your routes and stuff. And... As you go... You can unlock some new weapons. So you'll start off probably with something just really, really basic, like pistols, right? So you'll have like six ammo. How do I figure out how to clear this house with six bullets and trying to be super stealthy? Okay. And eventually you'll unlock things like, you know, shotguns. You can be play a little bit more aggressive. It's one of those things that there isn't one what right way to solve the puzzle. And oh. It's just so fun. And I think the thing that makes it super compelling, it's not that it's like just A cool, challenging puzzle game that's also like really intense. Like it's kind of Hotline Miami ish. If that makes sense, so it's
0: it's funny because I was almost going to compare it to Hotline Miami. Not quite the same idea, but there's more than one ways to go about a situation, and you kind of got to plan out how you're actually going to attack. You can't just you go in willy nilly. Who knows what's going to explode or how you're going to die? Because Hotline Miami got one one shot kill, right?
1: Yeah, like you can take those approaches, sure. But you can also take the much more slower, methodical approach. Like, cool things you can do is um, you can shoot, uh, let's shoot some of the lights out, and then you leave the room, and it makes the enemies a little harder to see. So you can kind of like open the door slowly and shoot at them. Or sometimes you'll be in an empty room, but there's like a microwave in there. So you set a timer on the microwave, you leave the room. And then, or you go hide behind a couch or something like that, wait for it to go off, people come in because they hear the noise, and then take them out. Like, it gives you so many possibilities. And it's so charming because it's all done with this very minimalist pixel art style. Which is cool. Oh, I'm a sucker for that. It,
0: uh... Oh, what's the game name? Gunpoint. Reminds me of Gunpoint.
1: I don't the think description I know of that one, actually.
0: So, if, if it is similar... Uh, take a look at Gunpoint. It's like a 2D, uh, 2D side-scroller, where you can see the apartments, and you kind of have to sneak in and try and assassinate people. Is it kind of like, almost like a SWAT game? Mmm. No, I don't think so.
1: It does sound vaguely familiar. I
0: I haven't actually played it. I've just seen a bit of gameplay. Not very much. Mm. I have it in my Steam library, but backlog.
1: Now, the one thing I will highlight is not only is, like, the gameplay of this thing really good, it... Somehow has one of the, like, most touching stories of any short little indie game I've ever played. And again, I will reiterate, the premise is bonkers. Like, you are taking out zombie and vampire drug lords. <laughs> like, it's so weird. But yeah, the, like, the overarching story that you get throughout it, somehow very sweet and touching. Like, I don't know how they managed to do it. And I'm pretty sure this is a game jam game. Cause that's kind of how they primarily did stuff before. I think now a a lot of like
0: indie games come from game jams and it's always nice to see them actually expand out and it's like
1: full price. I don't know. I think on switch it was like eight bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is super awesome budget title that, uh, I just, I just think,
0: uh, deserves some attention. Also, I'd, I'd get a physical if they ever came out with one. Uh,
1: I so I didn't get it but the only physical that this has come out for is uh, Limited Run did a PS Vita release.
0: Okay, if they came out one for one for Switch, I oh. get, it, get it. In a heartbeat. I actually have it on my Steam wishlist. I've had it there oh, for nice. two years, three years maybe.
1: That was probably around the time where I started playing it. So that would, or something around that anyway, I would believe. So
0: yeah, Deadpool. So that that would line up.
1: Check it out, folks. Uh, what What you got next?
0: Alright, so this is one that we'd uh we'd probably do a whole episode on. But uh so my approach when I made my list was what were some big influential influential games? Let's speak here. Uh to me. And uh so Star Tropics was one that I mentioned that uh I grew up with and play almost every year. One that I try and get to every year. I didn't last year, but uh it's Mother 3. Ooh. And Tyler, you've played this. I've we've talked about it hell. Okay, so Tyler, have you listened to the Bossy episode that we uh, we released two weeks ago?
1: No, I have not, actually.
0: Uh, okay, so I'm going to spoil something for you. Uh, all the music in it is from Mother 3.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm okay with that.
0: Because <laughs> the Mother 3 soundtrack is fantastic. Um... But it, it was also on the first annual bossy awards uh I had mother Three music in that, so that's what kind of made me uh well, let's just do something that's that's kind of reoccurring and that's that's well, be year kind of little Easter egg for anyone who doesn't hear this episode, but from now on,
1: it's also the very first track that we ever used for this podcast
0: it is it is yeah. absolutely that's right and uh mother three uh we'd probably talking to uh. Quite a bit more detail about it uh, some other time, but uh, it was never actually released over in North America. There, it's only been re- released in Japan, and there is a unofficial Mother Three translation that I highly suggest that anyone plays. People have made cartridges with it, so if you want to play it more that way, by all means. But uh, the translation was actually done by a guy named Clyde uh, Tomato, and Tomato. he's a he's an actual uh localization guy in the in the big world. Like he's done localization for like Kingdom Hearts and shit like that, right? So um play Mother 3 any way that you can. Uh because it is absolutely adorable. It is uh it'll make you cry, quite possibly. It's it's, and, it's it'll
1: uh, tug at the heart strikes, that's for sure.
0: Oh oh absolutely. But uh you're essentially following the uh the story of uh pair of twins who you control, one, and you're trying to save this little world where, yeah, everything is, knows peace. There's no such thing as mourning. And then all of a sudden, all those feelings start coming to everyone. Everyone starts experiencing that kind of stuff because bad things start happening on their nice, peaceful island. Yeah,
1: like capitalism.
0: Yes, capitalism is the <laughs> big thing. <laughs> uh, it starts off with like a giant forest fire. And, uh, the bad guy who you, you learn down later, uh, later on in the line, uh, is like making chimeros, chimeros, Chimeras, however you say yes. it. Uh, yes. Uh, half animal, half robots, because quote unquote, they aren't cool enough by themselves.
1: I've loved that thing. <laughs> <laughs> this would be Which, much more neat if it was half metal.
0: Yes. Well, that's, that's one thing with the, with the uh, logo of the game, too. Like, Mother 3 is half wood, half metal. And then when you complete the game uh, properly, anyways, uh, the logo just goes straight to wood.
1: I don't think I noticed that, actually.
0: Yeah, it takes all the metal away.
1: Oh, cool. That's, that's a very nice yeah. detail. Well, I mean... And it
0: unlocks the sound player, because they know the, fu- the soundtrack is fire.
1: Oh, the soundtrack is so good. Um... It is so good. So I would say that, that the game won me over, because I, I made it very clear that, like, Earthbound, eh, not really for me. I'll, I'll probably see it through to the end one day. I, it deserves it, but woof! I Another one that I've just tried a bunch of times and haven't been able to really, really get into. But that said, Mother 3 just won me over right away. Oh, my goodness. It's yes. so charming. And oh, I want to talk about things... But it's definitely don't the kind wanna, of game that I don't want to spoil. But I will say, because yes. this, this happens, I don't even think it's like within the first five minutes of the game. So it's it's kind of a world where, or at least as Josh mentioned, in this world where no nothing bad happens to anybody. Uh, you can just get along with the wildlife because everything's peaceful. You don't have to worry about, you know... Like the deer, or the wolves, or in this case, the uh, T. Rexes, doing any <laughs> the harm The dinosaurs, to you.
0: the dragos.
1: Ah, yes, that's right. They were called dragos. Uh, and so at the start of the game, you are you're playing with this uh this drago, this T. Rex looking thing, and it, it's just like play fighting with these kids, and it's just so so damn charming.
0: Yeah, you're you're literally running into them and it's like yeah. oh plays plays uh fake fall over and then it gets back up and then starts it's playing like, with the kids oh, again.
1: You got me like oh that's yeah, just it's ex- exactly. just so adorable.
0: Um and then And then Chaos strikes. <laughs> so and uh, oh. like the give you an idea of like what the what the town is the the main city is these guys don't have like a uh Oh, what's it called like an economy like a currency or anything like that they they don't pay for anything oh this guy does like building houses so but you do baking so you'll provide bread and stuff for him as he builds your house or any kind of fixture fixes and stuff like that right like everybody is literally the sense of community well and then there's and the then, bell
1: tower guy who's like 16 feet tall he's just nifty
0: yeah he is just nifty yeah. And, uh, there's, there's a whole other story behind that, but, uh, and then yeah, when chaos starts happening and then the bad guys start bringing, uh, capitalism in and, uh, everyone starts getting greedy and you kind of see the, the whole nice community start falling apart.
1: It's not subtle.
0: No, it is <laughs> not, not subtle. It's not
1: subtle at all.
0: <laughs> no, it is very in your face. And, yeah. uh, when you reach the monkey, you, you know, you're in for a good time. Monkey monkey yes uh without saying much more on it because i we will talk about it one day i'm sure uh i don't want to do spoilers in this episode so
1: no not for uh, for something like that
0: no this is just a play it
1: so should we should we mosey on to my next bit of randomness
0: i yes i got a quick question though is chrono trigger on your list no
1: no that's funny no, it's not on my list. As much as I love it's talking not on mine. Chrono Trigger, that's, it's one that will... Uh, there's games that I want to kind of like, you know, s- shine a spotlight on, and that game steals the spotlight. Like, it... oh, when, when we talk Chrono Trigger, we'll be here for a minute or two, that's for sure. Yes. No, my... Uh, well, not um, the list entirely, but my next game on my list is one that I have mentioned... I don't want to say, like, in jest, but, you know, with a half, half-hearted half tone because it's kind of just one of those games that sounds so dumb. But I genuinely love it. And that is uh, RoboPawn 2. And Yeah,
0: I, I should have guessed that this was going to be in here.
1: It's, oh. First of all, like, Pokemon found a tried and true formula, and they are definitely the pioneers of it. Although realistically at this point they're far from the only ones there are so many different things that have done the monster taming genre quite well heck even a new contender in the ring with a lot of a lot of contention but uh, yes robopon 2 well okay before i go into its sequel the first one i have to point out is as hardcore pokemon clone as it gets to the point where i think they actually like if they didn't steal it they definitely took way too much inspiration from what the main character Sprite <laughs> looks like like it is on par with the Pokemon protagonist. But I digress. This is the just sequel...
0: the 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 protagonist, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, but yeah. uh I'm, the I'm sequel did a lot more uh took more of an original approach, but essentially Pokemon but robots. And the few things that it will do differently is for example, one, you get equipment equipment on your uh, monsters, or in this case robots are always quite nice. Two, you build teams of four instead of like teams of one to be out at a time, so it's more like a traditional r p g with a full blown party, and you don't actually catch your new robots. This is actually the system that I like about it most is you find batteries throughout the world just different brands and designs and what have you, and you combine two of them together, which just kids at home don't do this, but, you know, you smack two batteries (laughs) together and brand new robot. And the designs are so dumb. Like, for example, there's, what, and they also evolve. Like, they still have very much of that kind of Pokemon vibe to it. And one line, the first one, it's like an old Nokia phone. And then it's like, a slightly more sophisticated-looking cell phone, and then its final form is, like, this giant mech made out of, like, a rotary phone. Like, it's so dumb. Um, like teapot robots and trains and... oh, uh, but it's I mean, also Pokemon
0: has a set of keys now, so...
1: Now, yes, but we're going back to, like... So this is a Game Boy Advance game, and... Yes. It's... Oh, it's just so dumb. The story... The story is not well put together. And I don't think it's like a primarily like a localization thing. Like I think that it just kind of just does not take itself seriously. And
0: so <laughs> I'm looking at screenshots of it right now. And the, uh, the only thing that's coming to mind is this is rip off Pokemon with, uh, robot masters from Mega Man that were from wish.com.
1: Kind of. Yeah. That's, that's not <laughs> a bad way to put it at all. And it's, but it it looks really good. It's I like really it. good. Like if it's a lot more if you would rather just a traditional RPG than you would just like something more like Pokemon. And I think the robot designs are really something that kind of drives me to it because it's not the plot. Plot's bad. Hilariously though, like people die in this game like all the time, and it's not it's not tragic. It's played for laughs. Um. <laughs> okay, so this is the, I'm going to explain kind of like the scenario. You're quote-unquote like gym leaders because it's still going to have that kind of like gym leader arc. You're going around, you're defeating the, yep. I think, eight of them, and then you want to become the world champion. There's also a plot for taking over the world, but I digress. Uh, the first guy you go up, I think his name is Mask Man, and he's using his status as I think it's called like the Legend 7, and it goes up 6, 5, as, so oh on God. and so, so forth. It,
0: it is Mega Man from Wish.com.
1: Well, okay, but the bad guys (laughs) are robots, right? They're people. They just have robots, kind of like Pokemon. And so he goes around terrorizing towns, and he's just like, you know, if anyone wants to stop me, they have to take my title. But the only way you can challenge someone is if you have this thing called an X-Stone, and it's basically like a proof to challenge the champion sort of thing. And okay, all of the villains of your arc at the time basically do something where – they have hidden the stone, so now no one can challenge me and take my place. But they hid it, like, 20 years in the past. So there's time travel in this game, just because. Um, <laughs> and so, wackiness ensues. You go back in time. You find his stone where he hid it in some, like, ancient Egyptian tomb. And you go bring it to him. And you defeat him. And his wife leaves him and takes the kid. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this right. actually happens. Oh, and then you destroy his house. Well, that was a fine time. Let's move on to the next chapter of the game. Like, it's bonkers. <laughs> so.
0: This, how, this makes me want to actually, like, play it, to be how, honest. Just, how
1: can I not shed a light on a RoboPond 2? Like, it's so stupid in such a good way. There's a chapter involving aliens. Like, it's, it's just so dumb and so enjoyable. Um... And yeah, as an RPG, it's pretty solid. There's also two versions. You know, it did the Pokemon thing. There's a ring and a cross version. Really, yep. you could get, you did, it's not going to say either one's better. So, but the one thing that is cool is if, so you get your starter pair of batteries to get your quote unquote starter Pokemon robot, but if you go off the beaten trail, you can find another one and basically get like a super overpowered one at the start.
0: Oh, nice. Ah, oh, so First good. First time player, would not know. No,
1: very much so. That that's one of those things, but like I've been playing this game since so like I first rented it at Blockbuster hilariously enough. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, RoboPond 2. It's a it's a wild time and a, that's why I had to talk about it.
0: Uh That's that's fair enough.
1: Yeah, what uh what do you got next?
0: Uh next one is actually going to be one of your favorites and one of my favorites. Uh something that kind of set the world on fire with uh with how popular it, it made it created a genre any any guesses on what uh what game we're going to talk about that created a genre created a genre
1: yes yeah because mm. see I, I thought the hint really we're going really put it in set the, the world on fire and yeah i was initially going to say hades but it did not create a Doom.
0: no although <laughs> that is actually on my list uh dark souls praise the sun
1: oh dark souls one you say yes oh i have some things to say about dark souls one
0: yes i know you do because its world is a giant cylinder and it's just fucking great it is
1: um so good to explore yeah
0: i i'd be very hard-pressed to know someone who doesn't know what dark souls is and uh maybe someone who hasn't played it sure but uh they they've very nary is there a person in the gaming world that uh, doesn't know what Dark Souls is. So here's a fun Uh, question for you. Or Ring.
1: Yeah, geez, that's a household name at this point. Um, What was your, like, what was your thoughts on Dark Souls before you played Dark Souls?
0: Uh, I didn't understand why someone would want to play a game that's just meant to piss you off.
1: Funny enough, yeah, that's kind of the outlook I had on it as well. Like, it was one of those games that just had... Such a reputation for being just difficult frustrating for as being fuck. Difficult, yeah, like, it's right? like, and why it's, would I want to do that to myself?
0: That's, that's not what it is at all. And I, it, it pains me to say that the first Dark Souls game I played, or Souls game I played, was Dark Souls 3. Mm. And I used a lot of summons in it, and I, I, I got on sale for like 15 bucks or something on Steam. Uh, and uh, played it, used a lot of summons to get through bosses and stuff. Uh, didn't really get it. And then I took a break from anything like that. Then I played Bloodborne and uh, did that solo and actually got to the end. And it's like, OK. And then Demon Souls came out. Played that and that's kind of when things started clicking. But uh, the one that a lot of people know uh, more than Demon Souls until the remake anyways was uh, Dark Souls. Everyone's dark soul this dark soul that and of course Elden ring now, but uh dark souls it's it's very much uh it's it these games aren't about annoying difficulty these games are about overcoming an obstacle
1: it's just banjo kazooie <laughs> that's all it is
0: uh how so
1: it's it's just like going where's up where's run- the music notes oh, well see they're not music notes they are the souls of demons. And the souls of the demons. It's no different than going up Grunty's Tower.
0: It's I, I think there is. And
1: it's a little different than going up Grunty's Tower.
0: Yes. <laughs> I yeah, actually there's think. A very, the, there's a very uh weird presence compared to what we first thought and what we now believe. And you, it is very much a. Uh, it's not difficulty for difficulty's sake, it's difficulty for the actual challenge. Like there is rhyme or reason to every kind of move that there is. And uh, it's it's something that anyone who hasn't played one of these games, it's easy to think, oh, it's just difficulty for difficulty's sake. And just like we did. And then once we actually got into these games, it's like, I, I understand. I understand the appeal because there is no intrinsic force on the outside helping me get through this. This is my my skill base that's actually helping me overcome.
1: Well, and it lets you do it however you please. That's the wild part. But the interesting thing it, it gives thing you is, the tools. So my the impression that I got, because the first Souls like I played was Bloodborne, and I was like, this is kind of neat, but eh, I don't know if it's really for me. And I didn't really put much time into it, so it didn't really sink its teeth into me. And I can't remember what. I think I was watching someone play Demon Souls. And... yes. The fact that you could get, like, random weapon pickups and the variety to it all kind of piqued my interest. So then I started looking into Dark Souls, because Dark Souls is essentially what Demon Souls would eventually grow to be. Like, Demon Souls yep. is almost a prototype for Dark Souls when you really think about it.
0: And Absolutely.
1: Something about it kind of intrigued me, and I picked it up for Switch, and I just... Fell in love with it. Like, it is probably still to this day, like, my favorite of the From Software kind of Souls games. And weirdly enough, when I was playing through it, the vibe I got was like, this is kind of like the Ocarina of Time formula to the nth degree. Like, it, it felt like it had like a lot of that traditional Zelda baked into it, which is a really weird way to kind of circle back around. But
0: yes, but I, I kind of get what you, what you mean. Yeah, it's... Because it's wh- you, you have your order that you have to do things in. Granted, they are a little loose, but um, like you got the first three dungeons before you go into the second half, uh, w- which is Adult Link in Ocarina of Time, where this, you can ring the door, the well, you got to ring the bells, right? Yeah. And then you enter the uh, Anar Londor, which could almost be like the castle before you get into uh, your adult version. And so on and so forth. Then you get into the second half when you're hunting things down.
1: It had a very kind of standard adventure game progression, which was oddly kind of refreshing.
0: Yes. Yeah, no. It, it's it, It's almost portrayed as open world, but it's not.
1: And the challenge... Yeah, you have some just, freedom. You
0: know, when it, I
1: think the meticulousness of the challenge, if it's not for you, it's not going to be for you. Because there's going to be a lot of frustrating stuff. But there is something oh so satisfying, like, and I think it would appeal to, or at least just my take on it, gamers of our generations who remember the days of, like, lives and very difficult levels. Like, you know, I grew up playing on Mega Man, so, like, you get two inches further before you get a game over, that's progress, and that feels great, and Dark Souls kind of brings that
0: back. I made it to the boss. I picked up my Souls. Yeah. I
1: made it, I made it to the boss. I got halfway down. I got, I killed him. Like it's, it feels good.
0: And we have a mutual friend that, uh, didn't know if he'd ever touch a FromSoft game. He, he liked the appeal. He liked the aesthetic. And, uh, it wasn't till, I want to say Bloodborne. He finally picked up Bloodborne because he started getting into the, uh, the story of it first. And, uh, he always just figured the same same thing as us, is these games are just made to be difficult and piss you off, where, no, there is rhyme or reason to everything you do. Uh, no, it was Elden Ring. It was Elden Ring, then Bloodborne. They Elden Ring is, the back, back hands catalog. down,
1: like the most approachable of them. And I feel like, yeah, it brought in a lot of newcomers, and I'm, I'm worried that a lot of them aren't going to go back to the old ones, but oh, it's so good. Yes. And Elden Ring, it, I still think, is too much of a good thing.
0: Yeah. It's it's the giant chocolate chip cookie. You're eventually gonna make yourself sick of it. Yeah. But uh still a good time.
1: Oh, oh, I it's great. And I am very much looking forward to when the DLC comes in to like play it again. But between yes. something like I would rather play Dark Souls One again and again over Elden Ring because Elden Ring is so much. Yes. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. Uh Dark Souls One. If you are not a if you haven't played a Souls game. Give give one of them a try, just not two. It
1: might <laughs> it might also. I, I would be... o- I would
0: honestly say Elden Ring because it is the more approachable one. But uh, y- you'll understand when when you stop looking at it in from a uh, frustration uh, standpoint and look at it as you need to overcome this obstacle. This is the mountain that you need to climb. But
1: There's also a rhyme and wanna...
0: reason to everything.
1: Well, actually, hold on. What what have you mentioned so far? You've uh, what Star Tropics.
0: Yep. Mother Dark 3 Souls and
1: Mother 3. Okay, so I guess aside from Mother 3, so far all of your games have been re- readily, eh, readily available to access somehow. Like Dark Souls one you can buy on multiple platforms currently and Star Tropics yep. is on the NES online, right?
0: Yes. I, I think uh, I think the only If you do one... play Star Tropics on on the NES online, uh 747 is your code. Yeah. Cuz you have no way of finding that out in in game
1: that's a crucial inf- bit of information you need to get to rob uh yes. the only game i've mentioned so far that is easily accessible to the public is deadbolt and i'm going to i'm going to spoil it right now it is going to be the only
0: one so i will say this i mean these games are so old um if you can't get them easily
1: you can get them easily
0: then go the alternate illegal route yep
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's and the,
0: the reason I say that is is if the developers actually get the money for it, like don't go buy a used cartridge because the developer's not getting anything. If you could actually pay the developer, then yeah, pay the developer and get a copy yourself. Uh, that is my firm belief in that standpoint. If they don't give you any way that you can give them money and it's only secondhand, fuck that.
1: Yeah, just as long as you can play it a way that you can enjoy playing it, that's really what it comes down to.
0: Yep. What's uh? Yeah. What's your next game? My
1: next game is one that I mean, I have played for like I played years ago, but I only added to my collection recently to go against the hilarious notion of don't need to buy things, but I bought this Um, and now we all know I'm dying for the day that I get to talk about some Mega Man on this channel. And even though I am about to talk about Mega Man on this channel right now, it's not exactly to the extent that I would like to. That said... Uh, that's like one of the three. I picked up so it's a spin-off of a spin-off. It's in the Mega Man Battle Network series, but is not on the Battle Network collection because it's well, quite frankly, in most people's opinions, not very good. Uh and that is Mega Man <laughs> Battle Chip Challenge. They should have put it on, anyways. I think they should have put it on, anyways, because one, it does have like multiplayer aspects and two it's it's part of the franchise and it was one that was released on this side of the world possibly exclusively i haven't looked into that entirely
0: but Dude, th- this is why we need the mega man uh, throwaway collection
1: the, the mega man scraps collection yes i yeah. oh i would advocate they give me the wonder swan games give me like rockboard uh, the psp games you you've got so much more still in that vault i want to play that goddamn racing game like yeah soccer We're denying the world (laughs) Mega Man soccer. Um, But Battle Chip Challenge, it's an interesting game because it kind of works a lot to the theme and the flavor of the Mega Man Battle Network franchise as where, as you know, you've played it. Like, Mega Man isn't just, like, the guy who goes and solves all the problems. There's, like, the human character, and then Mega Man is kind of like his... His... Uh... What would you call it? I was about to say associate, but that didn't really sound right. No not
0: associate, um, but kinda of like uh it's it's almost like your avatar online.
1: Kind of has a kind
0: of a mind of its own.
1: Yeah, and so thematically, like instead of in the Mega Man Battle Network games where you actually control Mega Man, he's supposed to more so have a will of his own and like LAN would feed him battle chips. Not actually, but you know, send them to him so he could use them in battle, right? And Battle Chip Challenge actually makes it more like how it would be thematically where you don't actually control your net navy and it's more or less RNG based which is a little bit frustrating but it's a card battler so it kind of has to do its own thing and basically how it works is you get the different battle chips so like cannon does 40 damage what have you um and you load them up to a deck. And how your deck works is you're placing them kind of like on a path of a grid. So you'll have two different branches, then three different branches, then four. And how turns take place is it'll randomly pick a path to go down. And you'll use that sequence of chips. Cannon, sword, what have you, right? You place them in any order. Um, and yeah, you just kind of let them go at it. And hope for the, it's an auto-battler for the Game Boy Advance.
0: That's kind of neat, and I know, so Off-Air, we were talking about this game when you first picked it up, yep. and uh all honesty, it was making me kind of have an itch to play uh, Loop Hero again. Ah, Just yes, that's aspect.
1: right. You, you mentioned how um, it kind of had that parody to it.
0: Yeah, it's uh, like an auto, auto-battlers can be great if they're done right. Yep. This one, yep. maybe not so much, but it's also back in the day, so it would be been plenty enough.
1: I anyway, actually now think, we
0: need a little bit more
1: like having put some time into it recently, like, OK, during the time where Mega Man was just super oversaturated and they were pumping out games left and right to the point where like Mega Man fans were getting fed up. Yeah, I can very much see the reception of this game not being that great. Honestly, though, just as a, like a neat little time waster and as someone who enjoys like deck building games and card collecting kind of stuff, it's actually really cool Like, you enter different tournaments, and the tournament will have a condition of, like, oh, you know, most of the navvies here use, like, Thunder-based chips. So you got to go in with, like, wood elements, stuff like that. Uh, Yeah. And the other thing that I think is really interesting, too, is you're not exclusively—you don't have to be Mega Man. You have six different characters you can choose from at the start, and even still, you can unlock different characters to use throughout the game. So you can unlock, like— Gutsman or Quickman or stuff like that and build decks based around them. Like, it has a lot of interesting flexibility to it. And if you're just a Mega Man fan into that kind of stuff, it's actually a really good time.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I I guess, and, that's, that's, that's,
0: it's, it's pretty cool. I'd, it's, I'd certainly be willing to check it out one day.
1: And just as another just, offhand neat thing, I have the like the Brady Games game guide for it that I got years ago without even having the game and now I'm like oh good I finally have both I can like figure so you, out what these weapons tips are. So you, you had to go to your way to are. buy
0: this game so you can justify the book.
1: Well I mean it's a Mega Man game I want it in the collection but yeah it's nice to have a game guide that I can actually use for a game from oh geez like 20 years ago.
0: Absolutely. Yeah so that's that's nope. Mega Man Battle Chip Challenge everybody it's, <laughs> it's another weird one. Uh, so the next one on my list, uh, is one that kind of got spoiled, uh, Doom. Like, are we talking Doom 1 Doom? Yes, Doom oh, 1, uh, damn. Doom, we'll, we'll toss Doom 2 in there as well. Um, I, cause, again, my list is based on, like, things that have really changed my, uh, my opinions in gaming, and changed my course in gaming, I should say. Like, See, Mother 3 gave me a whole other respect of for touching stories. Dark Souls 3, or Dark Souls in general, has given me, like, the combat feel. Star Tropics was just something that I played a crap ton as a kid. Same with Doom. And Doom is kind of notorious for, like, its its first-person shooter and how early on it was for that, right? So, just slaughtering demons as the Doom Slayer.
1: Now, what would you say is your favorite of the boomer shooter kind of style? Now, like, when I say that, you know, we've got the obviously Doom, Wolfenstein, Duke Nukems, like things like that. Not Half Life. Yep. Half Life would automatically win, but I personally feel like Half Life was the shift.
0: Mm hmm. Well, it was, and that's why Half Life 1 was such a big deal, right? Yeah. And I, I, I almost wanted to put Half Life 1 in here. I was, but, uh... ki-
1: that would have been weird, because I was thinking about Half Life or Half Life 2, but I thought, nah, we're going weird.
0: Yeah, and well, I mean, I didn't really go weird. I went a little off center, but yeah, yours. <laughs> it's funny
1: because yours is like you know, as you said, the the games that were kind of formative to you to your your playstyles. Mine are just a result. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Um, as for me, I'm I'm going to say Doom. I played Doom a your, yeah. crap ton of Doom. Uh, with one of my buddies, we used to. Get together almost every weekend. We used to play co-op in Doom because there was—I I think it was Doom Two—that we did co-op in. Uh, We—I remember always having to ask my parents if uh, it was okay to play the Doom Shareware version because we had like one of those old DOS disks with 101 games that we used to pop in and play. And it was on CD. Yeah. It was great. That was the—that was the style at the time. Um, just over and over and over again. Then we got a copy of Doom Two because that was nice and easy to get hold of uh, off my buddy. Uh, who lived off the road, and just played that over and over and over again. Whether it was an actual run, whether it was uh, using cheats, whether it was on Don't Hurt Me Daddy or like Normal Difficulty. Never did go into ultra-violence mode or anything like that. Uh, s- still to this day, but uh, I mean, Doom is just the game that runs on everything. It is everywhere, and there's just a way to play it. There's There's no excuse not to be able to play it. So if you want a piece of nostalgia... Or a piece of uh, gaming history and what really shot the boomer shooters and first-person shooters into the uh, light? Uh, doom. Check out See, Doom. Just uh, the original Dooms.
1: I've always liked Doom, but of the Doom-esque doom games, I would say my favorite has always been uh, Heretic. I don't know, maybe it's just it's like hard medieval theming to it, but... Yep. Something about it has always kind of dra- gravitated me to- uh, towards it a little bit more. And, but I would actually say the one that I've played the most of is actually probably Wolfenstein. Uh, what would be the one with like the standard mostly blue walls is that return to Castle Wolfenstein? Or Wolfen- no. no, that's Wolfenstein 3D.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Played me a yeah, lot that would be Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein 3D. 3D.
0: And, and the uh, next one, which was like, I, I wanted to say it was an expansion. I don't think it was like Wolfenstein 3D2 or anything, but uh, know, that was Spirit n- Destiny.
1: Yes. Yeah. It was the yeah. same, but more. And uh, <laughs> Giant Robot Mecha Hitler, I think. Yes.
0: Yeah. That was in <laughs> Chapter 3, I think. What a uh, time
1: to be alive. Right? Oh, my. Uh, but, but yeah, Doom was
0: definitely the one I played the most. I don't think, I've, I know I've played Heretic, but I can't really tell you much about it i don't think i played it that long
1: so heretic was kind of like what hexen would become it was just a lot more like original doom like as where i think hexen is a little bit more 3d and closer to something like kind of in the middle of like quake and doom yes maybe maybe more like actually like duke nukem is how hexen would play you have a little bit of uh a y-axis but not much
0: yeah so no and i mean you you get that in doom
1: You get that in Doom, but, like, well, Doom, you can't really look up and down. No. You can just, you just kind of shoot in that direction, That's where I think Hexen, you actually can.
0: Yes. Fair enough. Good times, good times. But still, Doom, Doom is just wonderful. Everyone knows Doom.
1: Everyone, and, yeah, it's one of those games, like, it's, it's like, Uniracers earlier in the episode. It very much fits that kind of pick-up-and-play vibe.
0: Yes. And, uh, based on the recent articles that have circulated around Doom, uh, running on back, uh, gut bacteria, uh, Doom could be playing inside you right now. (laughs) Doom could be inside you. (laughs) (laughs) Tonight at 11. Doom. What's your uh, next uh, game?
1: (laughs) Uh, my next game, my last game of the day is going to be an obscure entry in a very popular franchise. Now, pray tell, what franchise do you think I would be pulling from? I've already done a spin off of a spin off today, and we, we got another one, but uh, uh, how do I hint around this? So, we both played a bunch of them. Uh, we have done a dedicated episode on the series. Any any guess?
0: Okay, so it's going to be a Final Fantasy.
1: It is going to be a Final Fantasy, yes. And it is, is this, for the uh, Crystal DS. Chronicles?
0: No. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, going. is this, this is going to be Theater Rhythm?
1: No, as much as I love theater rhythm.
0: No, this theater is even more great. obscure than that.
1: This is uh, Final Fantasy Fables Chocobo Tales. Yeah. That's yeah. a mouthful. Bet you don't know much about that one, do you? Um, no. It is very much like... I
0: bet you I know the theme song.
1: <laughs> it's probably, it's <laughs> probably the Final Fantasy theme or the Chocobo theme or a nice or mix Chocobo of theme. the two. Yeah, Probably. Uh, it's... It's such a high fan service game. it's It's incredible. It's heavily based on a lot of that like Final Fantasy I style archetypes that so you'll see stuff like you know, goblins, Ari man, like those kind of designs, right? And yep, basically, you are like this chocobo, I think at I don't know, like a like a fucking ranch. <laughs> I don't know. And it's got a very strong storybook approach to it, and it treats treats the Final Fantasy franchise like it's a storybook. And then I think like an evil book comes to life and terrorizes your little village or something. I it's been a long time since I played it. The plot, the plot is very generic. gathered the four crystals. It just finds a way. It always does. But the gameplay. Yep. So at its core, the main game itself is. Uh oh, he's talking about another deck builder. It's cards, um, <laughs> and yeah, it's kind of like these card battles, and you use like classic Final Fantasy like monsters and summons, and you do all that. But outside of the card games, where the main plot uh, takes place, what you're doing to progress through the game and unlock more cards is you play a whole bunch of random Final Fantasy
0: mini games. Huh. Yeah. Does like, Triple Triad on there? No. No, I, I always got to ask about tri- Triple Triad because, uh, as we as we've discussed before, I actually don't mind Final Fantasy VIII and Triple Triad is debuted in Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, I'm I'm
1: more of a Tetramaster guy from Final Fantasy IX, which is funny because everyone hates that game. I don't know why. Um,
0: because it's well, not Triple Triad.
1: It's I see I haven't really given Triple Triad a it's, go. It is it's the it's one Fake thing. Triple Triad. I do look forward to Triple Triad when I ever eventually get around to eight, but yeah, this is just it's a really charming fan servicey mini game collection final Fantasy, like oh, it's just wild <laughs> now, something that I think would might put some people off of it, well, one, if they could play it uh is I believe it is a purely touch screen based game, hmm, yeah, but. Oh, so much fun. And and like the mini games are really stupid but simple stuff. Like you have like an Adamant Toys or I guess a turtle for people who don't know what that is, and it's like sliding down the mountain. And it's like tap the screen in time to stop it right before it hits the edge. And getting gold on these challenges is some of the hardest shit I've ever done. Like this seems like a game that. that you would expect is like really geared towards kids, and I'm sure it is, but it's also very much geared to die hard Final Fantasy fans and like they like a challenge. And
0: Yeah, and just uh, people who appreciate the the spinoffs, exactly. Right? Like that's that's going to be your diehard Final Fantasy fans. But
1: yeah, I remember I got this game when it came out, and oh, so good. And then I didn't, and now I have it again, and it is nice to see on my shelf. But just a good time. It is. I do. I figured that would be one that no one had ever. Well, people have surely heard it, but our listeners maybe not. maybe they'll look into it. Maybe they won't. who knows it's the optional boss variety hour um
0: if if you've heard of it, let us know on uh Twitter or Instagram at optional boss pc yes there's a, a there's a quick plug
1: that, there <laughs> we go get get us some engagement folks uh what what do you got for our uh, our last game to close us out for today?
0: So my last one is a very popular series we've talked about it already tonight. And, uh, but it is my, I'm, I'm, I'm safe to say that it's my favorite in the series of, uh, of this game, uh, for Super Nintendo, uh, it's A Link to the Past, Oh Legend of Zelda. And th- this is on Switch Online as well, but, uh, so I never actually owned this growing up. We always got, uh, me and my brother always got a copy off, uh, my uncle. We used to borrow it off him all the time. And uh, I don't know why there was always a, oh, I never knew how to get the fourth bottle. And then me and my brother figured it out. And it's like, haha, we we 100% of this before you. I have played this game so many damn times to completion. And uh, almost to the point like Ocarina of Time for you, where it's it's hard to just kind of go back to now. It's it's almost become a pick up and play just because I know everything there is to it. And uh, easily so
1: to the past more. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's
0: just so good. You got the Dark World, the Light World. I mean, they they kind of cheaped out by having the same world but at the same time it's so different. Yeah. So, yes, same map but so different. And they've used that kind of method uh, a few times now. Uh, but uh it's just it's oh god. It was peak Super Nintendo adventure game. Well, I mean there's the is uh, as well, but uh I yeah, no, I can Link still to the past say is so good.
1: To this day, Link to the Past is easily my favorite Zelda game. Like Absolutely. It's very much a nostalgia thing, but also I do enjoy that top-down formula so much more. I don't know if I'm just a sucker for more nostalgic, retro-esque takes on things. A game
0: boomer. <laughs> I am a
1: game boomer, and I am I am proud to admit that here on this very game boomer centric podcast. Yes. What even is a Fortnite? But anyway, uh Oh, so fun fact about Link to the Past. Uh, this kind of circles back to uh, me talking about Wind Waker earlier. So, do you know about a like a speedrunning glitch, and you can like beat the game in under like five minutes? Yes, I'm sure people have done it much faster, but uh, I've I've done this a couple times because it's actually surprisingly easy to do. And the I've I've never
0: actually done it, but I know it, of it.
1: It's 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 a neat parlor trick. It was fun because I got it like. You could get uh, Link to the Past on the new 3DS, and i get it, and sometimes I'd just be like hanging out with people with my DS. And I'm like, hey, you want to see me beat Zelda? And i just bust it out and just beat it in under five minutes. Uh, <laughs> but in doing so, because when you start off Link to the Past, uh, it's raining, right? And yep. by beating it when you do, you don't trigger the rain graphic to actually stop. So like the credits play and all that stuff, but it's raining over top of everything the whole time. And just a fun little theory is, in doing so, you caused Wind Waker to happen.
0: Ha! <laughs> it's not actually what that's, happened, that's, but it's still just... No, it's no, a, but that's, that's kind of neat. That's, that, it's, it's a neat it's way a neat, to tie it in, yeah. It's a game theory.
1: A <laughs> game theory, yes. Uh, so, no, I always think...
0: No, <sighs> I like that.
1: And the music is so good.
0: The music is good. Just the, the overall flow of the game. Like, it's, it's not that cryptic. It's very straightforward uh it's it's very um it still has its puzzles and its difficulty in that sense it's not a very difficult game by any you know means. but uh, I, uh there is one thing i will fun. say
1: about Link to the past though and this is kind of one of those things that i don't know like i i can't speak to them i'm not a child of this generation but i feel like it's not gonna have that same kind of oomph as where like i remember the first time when i was a kid And you finally get to the town. And you're just blown away that you're in a town. And, like, there's people. And, like, you know, what's going on in this house? And, like, it was just, I don't know. It was such a wild thing to fuel the imagination back at the time. And then you're in the dark world. And then you're like, what's the evil town like? Like, oh. Yeah. And then it turns
0: out that there's ghosts everywhere. And just everything's bad. And there's guards back ready to to slaughter you.
1: It's, what a... What a timeless being! Being
0: terrified of the third dungeon in the dark world, like going into that giant skull head after you burn it. Is that?
1: Oh yes, in the forest. That's right. Yeah. Yes, and that's also where, like you know, you got it's got mummies and the 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 uh, I can't remember what the name the uh, not master hands.
0: Uh, Oh yeah. The stupid hands that come and grab you and put you at floor the wall. Wall masters. The, uh, or wall masters. Yes.
1: Yeah. Wall masters. I think I think they're wall or floor, depending on what game. And it's funny because like they are always the most terrifying thing in every Zelda game. Encountering them in Wind Waker, like they look cool, but they're still spooky as fuck.
0: They're 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 spooky and it's the extra anxiety that goes along with them because you don't want to go back to the beginning. No. It's it's one of those fuck off, demon.
1: That's a, that's a pretty, that's a pretty fine choice, I would say. That's, that's a good, that was a good rounded group of games.
0: A Link to the Past definitely makes me reflect on the past. Yeah. uh, it was an easier time. They, these games are, all the games that I picked had some kind of effect on my gaming landscape that I have now. And it's, they, they all hold a place in my heart.
1: Uh, My mind just more so highlight that I'm just a, uh, just a weird nerd who likes some hyper niche stuff.
0: Yeah, so you got a bit of, uh, like, almost two episodes in one, in that sense. Yeah.
1: Get- getting a little bit of both sides, because we didn't communicate what to do.
0: Well, we we said things that we enjoy. We said five games each. <laughs> yeah, five games each that uh, we, we want to talk about, it. and it's, it's pretty much that. Like, there's, again, Mother 3 and uh, Dark Souls are probably going to have their own individual episodes one day. I'd be fine um, with that. Hell, even linked to the Because Dark Souls, we probably talk about the, the general, like, FromSoft uh, Souls era. Uh, Mother 3, we've both played, and we both have a lot to talk about that we didn't want to dive into here. So that would be, like, a spoiler-filled uh, episode.
1: All right, well, given, uh, given the, the nature, we got five each. I guess to close this out, uh, what, would you, what would you order these in most to least recommended for other people?
0: For other people? Yeah. Most to least. Uh from my list? The least to uh, most, I suppose. Least to most? Yeah. Uh Star Tropics, least. Okay. Uh I'm gonna say Doom. I'm gonna say A Link to the Past. Yeah. Dark Souls, Mother Three.
1: I think that's a pretty pretty good order. Mother Three I...
0: being the most recommended, just because people I I find like if you have a very story driven game in that aspect, uh you're going to have a lot more attention souls because it is quite the experience uh where star tropics is a personal love. Uh and I know that it can frustrate some uh, some people especially if you aren't used to retro games just because the movement is clunky. Doom, we all see the after effects of Doom now, like where first person shooters have gone. Uh it's a nice blast from the past to check out. And uh, a link to the past. Uh, it still holds up today. It still looks great, but not everyone's going to be up for that.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a that's a pretty good order to go in. I Think uh, for now myself. No, with your,
0: your wacky list, let's let's hear it. at least uh, most.
1: So I'd say at the bottom of my list, I would give uh, probably a Battleship Challenge, just because like if I'm going to recommend a Mega Man game, I'll be honest, that's not it, and it's very much like. It's a, it's a good card game, but it's a card game you're not going to get into unless you're a Mega Man fan. That is for sure. So, that'd be at the bottom, Fair. and just above that, probably uh, Final Fantasy Fables. Now, it is a bit more approachable, because it's a mini game collection, but it's also like, again, it's a fans game, right? Like, you got to really love Final Fantasy to play things that are beyond the realm of Final Fantasy. And then, after Fair. that, I'd probably recommend RoboPawn 2, because... RoboPon Two is just so weird, and if you think you know, oh boy, I'm sure sick of the Pokemon franchise. Well, have I ever got the knockoff for you? And it,
0: we, we already have that, oh,
1: but th- this one's so, <laughs> this is a special knockoff. If
0: if you want a retro Pokemon, but not Pokemon,
1: it's it's its own beast, that's for sure. And yeah, I, I will also reiterate, like people die. Just, and then they're like, ha, 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 wow, moving on. Um, And then I would recommend Deadbolt because it's just, it's an indie Marvel that really needs the attention. It's cheap, and it's so good. And like I said, I, I'm not about to spoil it, but it's a surprisingly heartfelt story for a game about killing zombie drug dealers. Just Yeah. don't And then lastly, just because... It's probably the most gamiest game on my list, and it's the one that started it all today. I gotta say Uniracers. There's a way to play Uniracers. Do it. There's nothing else like it. You're a <laughs> unicycle. You just go. It's, it's... The I Sonic think,
0: of the Super Nintendo.
1: I, if I had to describe it in a word that I'm sure the game uses itself,
0: it's, it's rad. <laughs> All right, well, I think that uh, that wraps us up for the 33 episode, 33rd yes, the, the episode. 33'd
1: episode. the 33 episode.
0: The 33 episode. We make our own lingo here. Yeah. At <laughs> the Optional Boss Podcast. But that has been episode 33. Uh, we've been Josh and Tyler. If you want to catch us on any kind of social medias, we post some not often, <laughs> admittedly. Where do they uh, are? But you can catch us on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it nowadays. Or Instagram at Optional Boss PC. You can email us any questions, or if you want to be right on the show, uh, Optional Boss Podcast at gmail.com. And we will see you next time.
1: Bye.